Welcome to the Roundtable at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, a podcast of discussions with substance. Join our staff and leaders of our church as we journey through topics that inform, engage, and inspire the daily life of our church. Welcome to the Roundtable from Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. We are so glad you've joined us today. My name is Jay Clark, and I am one of the pastors on staff here. My name is Abby Maynard. I'm one of the pastors on staff. My name is Katie Chambers. I'm also one of the pastors on staff. And John Robbins. I'm a pastor on staff as well. And we are at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, not one of the other Pulaski Heights United Methodist churches. So thank you, Jay. You're welcome, John. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Um, no, today we're uh, – the teaser last week was uh, tune in for things that John Wesley never said. And he never called the way that he thought or the way that we should think uh, about um, our lives as the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is something we drill into our confirmands' heads, uh, and it's something that we occasionally will use in sermons. But um, tell us a little bit about the history of the Wesleyan quadrilateral, John. Well, I mean, I have studied it uh, for years and years and years in in depth. I am an expert in it. (laughs) But like um, the rest of you, I know about as much as you do. No, Wesley never coined the the phrase quadrilateral. Uh, Albert Outler, a famous uh, Methodist historian and professor, uh, coined the phrase, and scripture, reason, tradition, experience are the four components of the quadrilateral, with scripture always being first, because Wesley made a big deal about, I'm a man of one book. Though Wesley was extraordinarily well read, he meant that scripture is paramount uh, and takes precedent over all the others. But reason, tradition, and experience help shape who we are. Uh, use your brain. I think one of the great things about reason is that we in the United Methodist Church and a variety of ways try to say use your mind think for yourself what do you believe and your experiences shape your, what you believe so does the tradition of the church what has the church said about particular issues for a long long time so those are kind of the four components which obviously katie and abby can go into more detail on that but those are the four kind of criteria that make up uh, the western quadrilateral with scripture always being first you have something to add yeah, uh, I my brain works well with metaphors and images. So uh, one that's always been really helpful to me, the walk to Emmaus community um, uses the, the image or the metaphor of a stool where scripture is the seat and then reason, tradition, and experience mm-hmm. are the three legs of that stool. And that if one leg is longer or shorter than the other, the seat won't be stable, right? right? So all of those reason, tradition, and experience support scripture, um, but they all play a really equal Mm -hmm. and equally important role in the way that we use scripture to understand God and our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And I've just always really found that to be a helpful image. Abby? Um, Yeah, another image I've kind of used is um, a wind chime, that scripture is the top piece that holds it all together. Um, and that the chimes are um, reason, tradition, and experience. They're mm-hmm. the pieces that, through which, you know, with the movement of the Holy Spirit, we we understand something beautiful coming from all of that working together. But that, without Scripture, is that piece that holds it all. Um, the rest don't exist. They don't. They don't mean anything. They can't do anything. But that Scripture is the piece that holds it, and that um, we get something through that movement. Because when they're all static and not interacting, we don't 
hear anything either. I love that. I think there is a reason. I mean, we've stated the reason that Scripture is first. But how the the other three certainly inform the way we interpret mm-hmm. Scripture. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. You know, because anyone can take uh, a book of the Bible and, and interpret it differently. <clears throat> And, and that's how we, why we have so many denominations. That's why we have a split within the United Methodist Church. Um, so out of the three that are left, reason, tradition, and experience, because every pastor is going to say that Scripture is the most important. But out of the other three, which one do you find to be the most important? Or is there one? Or are they all equal? I Go think ahead, it Ed. depends on the situation. Um, there are some cases where, you know, our experiences of God will have a lot to say about what we're trying to figure out. And then there are times where we may have no experience at all, but that there might be a lot of church tradition that can inform us um, in a very different way. So I think at least for me, it just depends on what I'm working through um, to which one speaks the most of those three. You know, I think for me personally, just on my own walk with Christ, Scripture is obviously, excuse me, paramount. But really, uh, reason and experience for me almost go hand in hand because particularly on certain social issues, I'm at a very different place now, the age of 59, than I was when I was 29 for a number of reasons. But I think how I've come to know Scripture to a much greater degree than I did 30 years ago, for example, uh, uh, the thousands of days and hours that I've read scripture since then, uh, and my experiences in life with people that at one time I'm quite frankly, probably would have had very little to do with those experiences caused me to, um, view scripture differently. And I think then reason comes into play. And I think my understanding of who Christ is because of my experience with scripture, uh, has, caused me to take a complete different stand in the last 15, 20 years of my life uh, from where I was at one point. So really, I mean, tradition is obviously very important because the, the church has existed for 2,000 years, if you will, and there's much in the church that is so critically important, sacrosanct, all the things that make up what it means to be a part of the church universal. But I think just from a personal standpoint, uh, my understanding of who Christ is is shaped to a large degree by experiences I've had with people in the life of the church and using my brain when I go to scripture uh, has shaped me and quite frankly changed me to a large degree. So those two uh, reason and experience go hand in hand for me. I, you know, I can't think of of this without thinking of uh, the opening of Fiddler on the Roof. I, I knew I knew something was coming like that. But yeah. I, I can't. I, every time I, you know, that's I think of tradition. You know, right? And, and how the tradition, and we hear that a lot in the church, right? In a different way, but right? We've always done it that way, and you know. So sometimes the tradition informs, but sometimes the tradition has to change as well. Exactly. And uh, and then we get into reason. We get into experience. experience. Right. And then we look at. We also we start with scripture. And see how that informs, you know, what how we react. Uh, you know, I think it's very interesting to think about. Um, I don't know if any other denominations really have anything like this. I, I haven't looked into that. 
Do you all know of it? I don't. I don't know. Maybe the Roman Catholic Church does to, to a much greater degree regarding uh, certainly tradition because they're so heavily involved in tradition in in their respective congregations. But I don't know of another one that's quite as concise, precise as ours is. What, what methodical. You, methodical. You there you yes. go. Well yes. done. Term uh, of derision in the beginning <laughs> that we have embraced. What do you think? How, how would you describe to people who are interested in this how they put it into practice? I to me it starts with scripture again. Right. And I get you know, I, I, I recognize and we've been dealing with this in our denomination for a long time now is that we don't all approach scripture the same way. It's not a stagnant uh, word or words on a page. It's they're alive and they're transformative. And sometimes we go to that because we bring our own agenda. We bring our own experiences to scripture and we don't all agree on that, but I think it still has to be paramount. We interpret things differently. Quite frankly, some scripture we look at and say, okay, put it in proper context with regard to the role of women in the church, for example, uh, and our understanding of what Paul was saying then in uh, relation to what we believe now about the role of women in the church. Uh, so we don't have this stagnant kind of uh, view of scripture, generally speaking, uh, but we believe it to be alive and oftentimes, quite frankly, uh, we take into consideration experience and use our reason, and what has the church said about this? And the church has changed in many ways with tradition and the role of women, for example, as well as some other issues. Um, so to me, uh, scripture is always paramount, but I do recognize that even on our own staff, we don't all approach scripture the same way. And to me, that's enlivening. I mean, it then allows me to hear another perspective, another point of view, I'm not so closed off or short-minded that my way of interpreting that is the only way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's really beneficial. For me, it almost serves as kind of like a checks and balances system that saves mm -hmm. me from getting overwhelmed or too short-sighted in any one of the four categories, uh, that's a good right? Point. Yeah. So you start with any, um, any issue, any circumstance you're going through, and it might be very tempting to rely only on your experience, mm -hmm. right? But if you sit down and say, okay, rather than only allowing myself to dwell in experience, what does the Bible have to say mm -hmm. about this thing that I'm, I'm experiencing? And that be, those, they begin to have this conversation with each other. And then, oh, okay, well, That's a great what, point. Has the yeah. you know, what has our church tradition said about that? You know, when I really sit down and think about it, rationalize it, what does that say? You know, so it allows me to step outside of myself um, and kind of have those different factors be in conversation. And you can use that with any circumstance, any right. issue, um, political, social, cultural, in your family, um, in your prayer life. Um, yeah, that, that the way they're in conversation with one another and, and keeps us from dwelling only on, mm -hmm. on one of the four. I also find it really helpful when I am struggling with scripture, um, when I'm trying to figure out what something is supposed to mean and I, I don't just, you know, we can all approach the Bible even, uh, even just trying to do kind of like a cold reading, we're gonna come at it with things. Um, and so recognizing reason, tradition, and experience help me recognize what I'm bringing to it, but also that when I am opening something and it just doesn't make sense, there are other places to go, okay, 
the words on the page don't just immediately speak to me. What has the church said about this in the past? What what do I know about who God is um, that could relate to this? What is my experience of the world right. um, and logic tell me to make something of this? And that I think is really helpful that sometimes we just go to the book and we expect it to say something to us. Um, and it can be really frustrating when we read the Bible and it doesn't immediately like tell us what we want to know or make sense. Um, and so sometimes I think the quadrilateral is a really helpful way of when you're stuck in any of the areas, um, making sense with that ongoing conversation in all of them. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, I think we as United Methodists pride ourselves that we don't spoon feed right. people right. exactly your interpretation right. or your interpretation and say this is the way we have to believe. <clears throat> you know, I know when, when you and I taught confirmation, you know, and we were teaching this, it was very common to say there are some people who believe this or interpret this this way. There are some people who interpret it this way. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but both of these are faithful Christians and, you know, the way they interpret does not change that. Well, and you were, uh, with the book you're using right now, with the theory of atonement, mm -hmm. uh, that's a good example of that when we exactly. go to Scripture with uh, a different understanding of what that means. So, anyway, anybody else have anything to add about uh, Scripture, reason, tradition, experience? Tradition! <laughs> no? No, okay. we knew that was coming too. Yeah. Thank goodness You're we welcome. got it in before the end, Jay. That's right. That's I was a little right. nervous that you weren't going to have it. And so. next week we're going to have John Robbins sing. It will be <laughs> a very short the last episode. round table <laughs> in the history of Plaskeyes United Methodist Church, Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> Little Rock, Arkansas. So thank you for joining us for the round table. And uh, hopefully I still have a job next week. So we'll, uh, anyway, we'll see you soon. Tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Bye-bye. <laughs>